always on this DVD. Hey, put them together, making selection. That's really hard to do. Shawnee knows that everything has got to be perfect too. So listen to the program. Be tuning, be understanding too. Why he do what he do? Why do we own this DVD? Why do we own this DVD? <laughs> Out. Topic. <laughs> Are you done? Hi oh, and God. Merry Christmas. Oh, it is Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas Day. How was your holiday? Tired. I'm tired. I'm done. You're tired because we didn't do anything. Nice. We just sat around. Pretty much. I haven't changed my pants. I've been. I've been in my. That's gross. I've been in sweatpants all day. That's what I meant to say. Those aren't sweatpants. Those are fleece. Oh, yeah. These are, <laughs> yeah. They are pajama, pajama pants. Fleecy. They're fleecy lounge slacks. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt earlier. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why either. Now Over. I'm in pajamas. I got pajamas for Christmas, so I had to put them on. Obs. Pajamas or pajamas? Pajamas. I'm not... Pretentious. <laughs> Tell that to Paul F. Tompkins. Well, he's a Philly guy. Oh, anyway, welcome to Why Do We Own This DVD? It's Christmas, and we're talking about a non-Christmassy movie. But there it's is a... some snow. There's a small Christmas scene. There's some ice, and there's some heat. Oh my god. That was awful. I know. Uh we're talking about 1992's The Cutting Edge. And for How would you describe this movie in one sentence? Kind of junk. <gasps> it's not good. Yeah, it is. It nah, oh. it's Well, cuz you're you and I'm me. I mean, it's it's a homework movie. It's, it's a, not. It is. Well, they don't make movies like this anymore. Because they make them for homework. They know? make them for Maver TV or yeah. blah, blah, blah. We know that. That's a... They make I mean, them, this was 1992. They, they are all set in Aldovia or whatever. They should make a skating movie in Aldovia. <laughs> so this movie opened March 27th, 1992. Uh, exactly two weeks before Newsies. To it opened to dead silence. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> it didn't open to silence. This movie, it's fine because this movie opened like a month after the Olympics. Did it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You would think they'd want it to come out before the Olympics? What do you think the benefit of what that would be? Hey, remember those Olympics you liked so much? Well... Here they those are. are done. Here, watch this fake one. Because <laughs> they they're in the Albertville Olympics, which is which was ninety two. The movie starts the eighty eight Olympics in Calgary. Does it? I don't even. Uh huh. I was not paying attention. So yes, uh, this movie is about figure skating, hockey, and figure skating, and how they work together. 
It's about the two standing up ice sports. <laughs> As opposed to the sitting down ice sports? Or, you know, like luge and bobsleds. Okay. Those are all... Those are laying down. So you did you see this movie in 1992? God, no. Do you know when you saw it? Because you said you'd seen it. Yeah, with you. You showed it to me. Oh, I showed it to you? I showed it to here. Here is a movie. I'm showing it to you. We. I think I watched it with you. Really? Mm. I don't I initially, maybe maybe I, I had it on. You happened to be in the same room. Maybe I initially got this movie mis um, confused with the Jagged Edge. What's that? It's a much different movie. I'm guessing it's not about figure skating. <laughs> not at okay. all. No. Is it? Uh, it's a suspense drama. It's like um, an erotica suspense. No, like they used to make in the '90s and '80s, um, like Body Heat. No? Okay. So, uh, I did not see this in the theater. I saw it on rented it. And I loved it. Of course, because I love figure skating. always sure, have. Sure. I'm a girl. That doesn't mean anything. Wow. I know. Down with the um, patriarchy. <clears throat> I'm sure there's a lot of guys who like this movie, too. All named Brian. Boitano? And the other one. Orser? Sure. I don't know. So fun story I about know, Brian I Boitano. Boitano. Well, Battle of the Bryans. It was yeah, Brian Orser and Brian oh, okay. Boitano. Okay, great. At the Calgary Olympics. Awesome. So I first discovered figure skating at the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary. Uh, when Katarina Vitt and Brian Boitano were... Sure, you our, were like nine. Yeah. Okay. But I remember watching Brian Boitano skate, and, and I was like, this is the sport I love, and this is the skater who's the best. He's the one who has his arm up over his head when he yeah. spins, right? Okay. the Boitano jump. I don't know what they call it. And fun story, I went to the figure skating world championships in Los Angeles in 2000 and... Mm, I couldn't tell you when that was. 10? 9? Um, one of those. Is that when I had to feed the baby? <laughs> it you, might have been. The first time she bought bottle fed, because other than that, she had only been... So it could have been 2008. She'd been getting it direct. 2009. 2009. <laughs> Straight from the tap. Anyway, whenever they were in LA. Uh, and I literally bumped in to Brian Boitano in the foyer lobby, whatever. Oh, I don't remember that part. And I'm taller than him. Um, and I was like, oh, sorry. Ah! And sorry. we made eye contact. And he's like, it's okay. <sighs> and it was a very cool moment because I'm like, dude, 88 Olympics. I don't remember hearing about that. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah. I love figure skating. I still do. I'm not as into it as I used to because I just don't watch it like I used to because it's not on like it used to be. I think you and figure skating is like me and hockey. Okay. Like, I still enjoy hockey. I just don't watch it as often. Yeah. Like, I couldn't tell you who the current top skaters are. Because all my hockey references end in, like, the 90s. Kind of with my baseball. Yeah. I can go a little longer into the OOs. To the aughts. <laughs> Talking about, like, Kim, Kimmy uh, Meisner? Well, no. Shit. I don't know. The no, one who landed the Axel in the Torino Olympics. I, I, think, you, I think our cat just died. Yeah, she's watching you try to conjure a name. 
uh, Gracie Gold. Oh, America's Sweetheart. Ashley Wagner. You know, the more recent ones, but I don't, I mean, those guys I think are retired. So I don't know who's skating anymore. It's past my prime. I just don't keep up because I just don't watch it because I don't know when it's, I don't have channels to watch. (laughs) You know, I don't have, I'm not watching primetime TV looking for, I don't know. Anyway, but back in the day, yeah, that was, it was like your hockey. It's like we can, we could talk about it all day. I could talk about 90s figure skaters all day. Yeah, standing up by sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this movie starts, like I said, at the 88 Winter Games. Kate Mosley is a world-class figure skater. She's representing the United States in the Paris event. Um, according to Wikipedia, Kate has genuine talent, but years of being spoiled by her wealthy widower father, Jack, has made her impossible to work with. Her and her partner, they fuck up at the Olympics. There goes the dream of having the gold. Sure. And then, uh, at the same time, our hockey player, at the same game, playing for Team USA, Doug Dorsey, uh, oversleeps. It's a big game. Oversleeps. Makes it just in time. Bumps into Kate. It's a big... I don't know. They never mentioned that again, though. It's it's supposed to be like it's a, supposed to be the meat cute. Yeah, but then forgotten for four years. Is that how long it's been? Well, because then they're in the Alberville Olympics in '92. Yeah, I know, but they're not. Yeah, but I mean, they don't. They train for ten months. Oh, that's dumb. Well, it's a movie. <laughs> she needs a partner ASAP. So after she, um, her and her partner, they do bad. She needs a new partner. Um, Doug Dorsey, our hockey player, gets injured in this game in the Olympics. Gets he gets a, concussed. Concussed and a permanent eye injury. Yeah, he gets some kind of optical damage. Yeah, so he can't see. He like, loses his uh, peripheral vision. Yeah, it's weird because he has like an 18% peripheral reduction or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, he can still throw turn, people around turn on Turn your head more then. Jeez. I don't know. They had to make it so he couldn't play anymore, but could still skate, I guess. They couldn't give him like an injury where it's like, sorry, you can't skate anymore. Because obviously he still has to skate because... I mean, they could have just made him blind in one eye. But then would he really be able to figure skate and throw people around? You're only looking at one person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe. Um, So yeah, he can't play hockey anymore. And so he's pissed. He's from Podunk, Minnesota, and all they care about is hockey. Well, because he was like a, a... A prospect, a number one, a top prospect. Yeah, they're like, this guy's going to go big. He'll be the ne- next, you know, Wayne Gretzky. What? <laughs> Gretzky. Did I say his name right? That time you did. I said it the exact same I don't know what you way. said the first time. I said it the exact <laughs> Okay. Hey. My words just flew. They <laughs> failed. Um, yeah, so he has to retire. He has to go back to Podunk, Minnesota. And it's, what is it? Um, what's the name? Uh, I know it's an anagram for Harmony. May, I wrote it down. Mayhorn. Mayhorn, Minnesota, which is fictitious. It's an anagram for the word. It's an anagram for the word Harmony, which is silly. Of course, Minnesota is represented as, as like one bar and everyone in town works at that bar and that's it. Uh, so of course Doug wants something bigger he thought he was going to go big but no he has to go back and work at the bar play on the bar league hockey team 
We all look really bad. But that's the movies for you. I mean, it could be that because it, it, he's made, I think he's made to look like he's from northern Minnesota. Yeah, I'm sure he is because that's where all the hockey players are. Which... It actually reminded me of the town of Hoffman, Minnesota, mm-hmm. which I, uh, my aunt has a cabin there. And I went that one summer for the family reunion, you and our daughter. Mm-hmm. You guys were at Comic Con. I didn't go. So it was probably like 2000. It's like, uh, it was before it was 16 because I was watching the Olympics. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. And we went to, we went into town where there's one bar. And that's about it. Oh, I, I do remember you telling me about that. Yeah. yeah that's kind of what this town looks like. Well, then there you go. So it's true to fact. But they just make the people look really dumb. Have you seen you people? <laughs> oh, my God. I am a college educated. Anyway. Um, yeah. So for the next two years, because now Kate is, you know, she's training for the 92 Olympics. She has gone through all of the potential partners that she could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None of them live up to her standard. Her coach, Anton Pamchenko. Uh, he's like the Bella Caroli of ice. He's like Bella Caroli, but <laughs> probably not as awful. He seems like a genuinely... He seems like an overly nicely written character. I mean, okay. like... Okay. So he, but so his goal is to find someone who has no idea who Kate is because all these potential skaters, I mean, they all know her reputation. So they're just not jiving. They don't like her. So he needs someone who has no idea about the world of figure skating, Mm -hmm. which is a nutso idea. Well, and he needs someone who's strong, like a physically strong skater. Because I mean, she was complaining about how one guy can barely lift her and. Blah, blah, blah. I mean... So he tracks down Doug. Who is, I mean, genuinely a good, a great skater. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's a hockey yeah. skater. But I mean... He's a different set of tools. But he, uh, you know, Doug's working in a steel mill. Carpenter. Living with his brother. His life is not so... Not how he imagined. It's not, he's desperate for... He's not living that NHL life. No, but... The chance to have Olympic glory again, that's what he wants. So he agrees to work as her partner, uh, even though he has, quote, according to Wiki, macho contempt for figure skating, which, again, whatever. If they're portraying him as a guy from northern Minnesota who's only played hockey his whole life, probably look at it a little differently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's probably some things that haven't held up in the almost 30 years since this movie came out in terms of men and women and the how sports are looked at. Sure, sure. You know what I'm yeah. saying. But whatever. And Kate, she's, you know. So, well, how would you describe Kate? A bitch. Without saying a bitch. Oh. Snooty? Snotty. <laughs> Sorry, Ferris Bueller. This says Kate's snooty prima donna behavior gets on his nerves. She's definitely a prima donna, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's, I mean, and she's very uppity. 
Yeah. She's perfectionist. And she's, I mean... She knows what she wants and she expects to get what she wants because she's always gotten what she wants. I just cannot talk with my hands anymore holding coffee. Hey! Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, she's just... she. She's a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's... She's Veruca on ice. Ooh, I want it now. Why do you keep looking down there? Because you're a slob. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just because I... Two drops of coffee on the on the bed? Whatever. Uh, yeah. Their first few practices do not go well. The, I mean... The whole toe pick debacle, 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 was, it It did make me chuckle. Well, yeah. Because it, he genuinely looks like he eats shit. Yeah. Every single time. Well, we haven't mentioned the actors on Moira Kelly is Kate and D.B. Sweeney is Doug. And they both trained a lot for this movie. They learned how to skate. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times you are seeing them, obviously not for like the competitions where they're doing jumps and throws and shit but for a lot of the skating that's them skating Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of the falls are probably them too and yeah i'm sure the falls that i'm sure their own personal falls were captured on film so they use as many as they could they they must have had so many bruises there's a lot of stunt falls too which are obvious i mean yeah yeah they they needed a a, a stunt guy to wink for db sweeney (laughs) Well, winks with both eyes. He had an eye injury. I'm telling you, <laughs> he doesn't know how to wink anymore. Um. So Doug's like, "No, I'm done. I'm not going to do this." And I Kate's think... dad, hmm. played by played by John Locke. I'm sorry, no Terry O'Quinn. Mm-hmm. Is it O'Quinn or Terry Quinn? I think it's Terry. O- yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Isn't that weird when you say it out loud? Like, why is there an O there? Because you don't see it in front of the word Quinn. Mm-hmm. Anyway, John Locke from Lost, if you need to know, who's like totally bald on Lost, but only half bald in this movie. He's got the Friar Tuck. And he has a tiny, thin mustache. He's got the, like the Howard Hughes. It's just weird looking. He's very like... The Salvador Dali. You know, he wants best for his daughter and he will pay to get what's best for her. And he's... We don't know how much money he gives, he offers Doug the first No, time he's he offering to pay Doug. Sorry for your trouble. And... No, we don't know how much that was. I, in my head, I always say that's $10,000. I say $50,000. I mean, money is no object. No, it could have been a million. We had no idea. Um, But he's like, no, you know, I'm going to stay. What? How is he? Why is he stay again? I don't remember what made him. Remember, it's the, uh, because John Locke is not making his shots. Yeah, he keeps. Crumple paper and then, what's his name? Uh huh. Makes the shot. He, he's like, "Oh, lucky shot." He's like, "Well, double or nothing." Yeah. And then, so obviously, he makes the shot, and then we hear them laughing, and they're hey! all, they're palling it up. Yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> so he's in it now, and they. Um, oh, weird! He, His birth name is Terrence Quinn. Why is there an O there? To fancy it up, I don't know. Maybe there was already a Terry yeah, Quinn. His, and his, prof- his TV name is Terry O'Quinn. Well, he's like, I want to be Irish. Interesting. Uh, so their relation, they um, kind of, you know, through a series of 
lots of montages in this movie, which it's montage central, which is why it's so good because I love montages. Is that why it's so I good? love there's montages of them training, doing ballet, See, the montage running like a, in the woods. That's a crutch. Holding up, I, I I don't care if it's a crutch. It works on me. Sure, that's all I care about. They eventually develop a mutual respect because they try to outdo each other in worth in work ethic, mm-hmm. and it shows them you know like who gets up earlier, when running, and then when running, they're working yeah. out, because and... um, they're both. I feel like they probably have similar personalities. They just go about it a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, Olympic athletes—they're different than most people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they have a different kind of work ethic than most people. That, that's not a hot take. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm just, you know. I'll give that to you. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) So, uh, I'm just going to read the wiki. As their relationship grows warmer, they learn to set aside their differences, becoming a pair to be reckoned with both on and off the ice. Who wrote this? Kate even boldly defends Doug to her former coach who patronizes and insults him. Yeah, beginning, the very beginning of the movie, Kate breaks up with her coach, basically. She's like, yeah. mm, no. Because he makes her feel like shit. And you know what? She may be a spoiled rich girl who gets everything she wants, but you're not going to make her feel her, like that. Her exit in that opening scene or whatever was funny as hell. When, when she moons him, sort she's of? like, look at my ass or whatever it is. Uh-huh. I forget what, I forgot what she said, why too. Why are they talking about her butt? Was it because she keep, she was going to fall on it? or I don't even know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. Because... He could. That's the one he couldn't lift her up or whatever. She's like, "Well, tell oh. Hercules over here." Oh, uh huh. Hmm, 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 hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and then she's just flapping her skirt at him or whatever. Um. So they make it to the U.S. Nationals. Sure. And um, <clears throat> despite strong performances in the short and long program, they place third and they're only taking two teams to the olympics mm-hmm. uh is that still a thing or is it i feel like it's three now mm-hmm. but who knows maybe i'm thinking of dance <laughs> no i swear it's three so they place third they're kind of pits but then um the pair that was leading they totally fuck up their their performance oh, they're, the later who's in couple yeah, yeah. That's right so they open up the door for them <laughs> I don't know why I said that they opened up the door for it Kate and Doug are they move into second place mm-hmm. they're going to the Olympics but um again wiki whoever wrote this their potential is threatened however by their growing attraction to each other okay wow um Kate so they're celebrating they're going to the Olympics Kate who has never had a drink in her life ever Never ever. She's probably what, like twenty three. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Early twenties. She. I know she didn't go to college because they had that conversation because uh-huh. she's only had tutors. But I feel like she would have. She would have finished it had she yeah. gone. I feel like they're probably around the same age because he went to college. Mm. Or maybe he only did half. Well, remember he lost the scholarship, so he couldn't continue. Yeah, we don't know how. Old, we're saying early twenties. Um. So they have a night of drunken celebration. She's like, I'm going to take tequila shots. As many, however as many you do, I'm going to do. Yeah. And so they do the all the salt and the lime. And you're like, who does that? I've never seen a dude 
Do the a dude apparently. Salt line. Guys don't do it, I guess. No. I, I mean, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I also don't hang out in bars very often. Yeah, so. you don't know. There could be huge parties going on where all the guys are licking their wrists. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she gets really drunk. She tells she tells she tells Doug that she and her boyfriend Hale, played by uh, John Kinsella, <laughs> of Field of Dreams fame, played by Kevin Costner's dad. She says they broke up. Because they had gotten engaged. They, yeah, they got engaged, and Doug's like, oh, well, fine, screw awesome. you. <laughs> Guess I'm not hooking up with you. But we can tell that Kate just doesn't want to be with Hale like that, because we know that she's falling in love with Doug. Sure. As spoiled as she is, as much as we don't want to like her. She's slumming it. Yeah. She's like, ugh, we broke up. Broke off the engagement. And she tries to kind of like, hey. Make the moves on. And he's like, no. He's the respectful one. He's like, no, you're, oh, you're wasted. And she gets mad. I'm throwing myself at you. That's what she says. I think that's from the trailer. Okay. Um, okay. In sure. case you haven't noticed, I'm throwing myself at you. He's, take he's your like, word yeah, for I fucking noticed. You're drunk as shit. Get out of my room before you puke on me. She gets mad, leaves. She's like, ah, they get in a fight. And then the other half of their skating competition. <laughs> how, do I, how do I say it? Well, I mean, they're on the other American team. Yeah. The chick comes by his room because she's like, ooh, you're hot. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey. <laughs> okay. Did I, did I sound okay when I said that? Sure. I don't hey. remember that part, but. You don't remember when she comes no, into the store? I do. I remember the part you're doing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and he feels like shit. So he lets her in because he doesn't care about this woman. So why not? Why not get my kicks? Get my rocks off. Okay. Don't never say that again. But yeah. Get my rocks off. Ugh. Next morning, Kate sees her. You know, she comes to the door. I think she's about to apologize. I think so. Because, I mean, she's all hung. She realizes she. She's very hungover. She's she never felt rem- like this. I think she remembers how she behaved. So, yeah, she's... Yeah. But she got the big sunglasses she's coming, on. She's coming back to eat crow. And but who answers the door? With a pillow. Or yeah. Who, a cushion. Like, in front of her naked body. They don't say the name on the wiki. Doug has bedded another woman. Parentheses. A rival skater. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what her name was. It was like a... Sort of Lori a or something? Lo- I don't know. Laura... Who knows? And she's she gets mad. Blah blah blah. Then it says, uh, the the temporary rift is set aside, however, as they attempt to train a risky skating move invented by Coach Pamchenko, which will assure them a gold medal if they can pull it off without anyone dying. Pretty much. So the Pamchenko twist? Is that what it's called? I think it's just the Pamchenko, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Um, you would never, ever see this in competition. Ever. Because it's like a death drop spiral thing. But then, but he's holding her by both legs, or both ankles, spinning her round up, down, up, down. She's about half an inch from the ice. Mm-hmm. And then he throws her way up into the air, then catches her? Yeah. I mean, basically. Not legal. 
And she even says, this is not legal. Well, and, and Pam Sugar's like, you know, we'll I think, make it legal. Well, because I think if he were to throw her and into like a, a jump sort of thing where she lands on her own, I think Which is, they do a lot of... They do those throws. Yeah. I mean, I think technically the illegal part is the whole spinning... Yeah, that's the... An inch from the ice thing. But I think they... in the For the movie, I think they've worked it so that it's the throw would make it illegal. So he catches her, which is the gray area. Okay, whatever. All right. I mean, there's a lot of nitpicks about the competitions and their realisticness. Sure. The one that drives me the most, you know, I said it four times. It would never oh, be that dark in that yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. They're they're skating under spotlight, which you you know you've seen any figure skating competition. It's bright ass lights. I mean they're they're skating ju- in Capade's atmosphere. Yeah, this is like <laughs> what you see after the Olympics ends. What do they call them? Exhibition? Sure. They there's people judging every move and they if they're skating in the dark, <laughs> you can't judge your footwork. I, I don't don't get me started. I hate every skating movie is like that, except for I Tanya. She was skating in bright ass lights. Because <laughs> it was a true story. You never saw I Tanya. <sighs> it is so good. I'm sure it is. You need to see. I think it's still on Hulu. I have no interest. But it's Margot in... Robbie. You like her? I love Margot Robbie. It's Tanya and Nancy. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to like them. They're both awful. I know. That's, so why she's I, so good. Why would I want to see a biopic on either one of them? I don't. <laughs> they could be playing themselves. I'm not going to watch it. It's just funny, like looking at the differences between the skating in this in these movies and how much special effects have improved. Because you see, I Tanya, and you it's Margot Robbie skating, but it's not her skating. Right. It's her face CG'd onto a body. Sure. So it looks like she's doing triple axles. In this, it's the reason why they have it dark is so they can make it shadowy and, and foggy so you can't see their faces. There is a lot of theater smoke in there's this a, movie. And the slow-mo cam. And, I a mean, lot it's, of slow-mo. Lots of <sighs> not looking from the neck up. <laughs> so... The, so they make it to, you know, the finals at the Albertville, Albertville, France Olympics. Uh, they're, another argument threatens their chemistry on the ice. And in the process, Kate and Doug both discover that Kate is the one who fucked up during the 88 Olympics. As much as she wants, she's been blaming all these guys, blaming her partner. She's the one who missed his shoulder, right? Is that what it, the video showed? What? She her her blade is supposed to land on his shoulder, but it missed it. But she, she's been. It's almost as if she kind of admitted to sabotaging her. Whole that's thing. what I always thought. And then watching it last night, I'm like, did she? But I just... think she just not. She doesn't put her foot there on purpose. It's almost as if she, when her explanation, I, I those were words. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We don't know. But she's like, I'm retiring after this final skate. I'm done. And he's like, what? So they're about to skate their their final program. And he's like, I fall in love with you. (laughs) Somewhere down the road, I fell in love with you. And she's like, what? 
And she's like, you know what? We're doing the Pamchenko. Because before she's like, no, we're not doing it. This is bullshit. This is craziness. I'm retiring. Well, and I think because they haven't been able to do it either. Yeah, practice. they've been montage showing her falling every time. And I'm like, is he's, she not he's dead yet? throwing her across the ice. I mean, she should be dead. <laughs> and instead of saying, you know, yes, I love you too, or thank you, she says, okay, we're going to do the Pamchenko. <laughs> so they proceed to skate with a passion neither had shown before. Wow, this wiki is like a novel. Yeah, and then this is how we get Fifty Shades of Grey, the ice version. Performing the Panchenko flawlessly and presumably winning the gold. We don't know because it ends. At, right after they land the Pimchenko, it ends. And they kiss on the ice. You would never say that either. I'm I've learning. seen it happen. Yeah, with... Brother and sister. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Baby. Uh, oh, Gordieva and Grecock. They were the best pair yeah. ever. From the 94 Olympics. Two years after this. I would record their performances and I'd watch them every morning before school. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now I can just go to YouTube and watch it, I guess. Sure. That's how I feel about pairs. I used to not like pairs skating. It was only single. Singles. And then Gordieva and Grigov came around in 94. Well, they were around in 92. But 94 was their big year in Lilyhammer. And they won the gold. And I was like, this, I love pairs. Are you kidding me? Did he die of like a brain aneurysm? Heart. Oh, it was a heart attack? Yeah, on the ice. Okay. I, I was crushed. Oh my God. But it wasn't like. It was like two years late. It was like 96 or something. Was it like during like a practice or something? Yeah, they were practicing. Yeah, it was just a routine practice, whatever. Oh my God. That whole, yeah. I mean, I was heartbroken. I mean, for, I was sad because, yeah, I thought he was hot. Then and then they just have a kid too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She was very young. I mean, maybe three? I don't remember her age. Oh, <laughs> you meant Gordieva was very young, like. She was. <laughs> oh, I know. You said three. I mean, what, what, what? Uh, I mean, I was heartbroken. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And the movie ends. And he's she's like, Why'd you decide to do it? And she's like, Because I love you. And he's like, well, just remember who said it first. And then it ends. Dumb. Credits. What a dumb. Cue ending. Diane Warren and Brian Adams song. He did not sing it, but he helped write it. I wonder if he was supposed to sing it. Mm, I don't know. We'll never know. So this movie was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. And I. Oh, yeah, I know that name. Like. He's Starsky. In um, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, yes. So he did a lot. He's done a lot of acting. He was Bruce Peltro's roommate in college. Oh, really? At Tulane. He was married to Elizabeth Meyer. I know that name. Who contracted HIV through a blood transfusion while giving birth to the couple's first child. Uh, they didn't find about the virus until four years later, at which time both Ariel and their son Jake were found to be HIV positive. Paul was the only one not infected. Wow. And Elizabeth Meyer Glazer died in 94 after co-founding the Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation, which I've heard of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what that is. I mean, it's very sad. The daughter died in 88. Yikes. I know. It's awful. 
Uh, so I was like, I mean, I was reading about this, just the director. I was like, geez. Um, he also, what else did he, he directed The Running Man? Yep. Yeah. A year did. before his daughter died. I mean, 87. God damn it. The Air Up There. Oh, yeah. Is that a basketball movie? I think so. <laughs> he directed that movie that people don't they think exists but doesn't exist what so the sinbad um what's that um what you know the berenstein bear thing yeah the mandela effect the mandela effect with that like a movie about sinbad playing a genie or something oh okay do you know you've heard that right Mm -hmm. but then there's the movie kazam with shaquille o'neal who plays a genie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He directed that. <laughs> Sinbad never played any kind of genie. No, it's oh. a thing where people are like, "Yeah, wasn't Sinbad in a genie movie?" And people are like, "No, it's like the Bernstein Bear." Like I Berenstein, know, I, I know, Berenstein. I know. Shaq was Shaq in was in Kazam, yeah. but I think that's what people oh, okay. think it is. Anyway, he directed, and then he directed Something's Got to Give. Nope, he was actor. Sorry, he was in Something's Got to Give. Is that with? Di- it's a Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. Is it Jack Nicholson? Or is that Diane Keaton and uh, It's Diane Keaton uh, and Jack Nicholson, yeah. Okay. Nancy Myers. He had a role in that. And he's done lots lots of TV, obviously, you know, in the seventies. Did a lot of stuff. Anyway, I was just reading about him. I was like, geez. And so this movie was written by Tony Gilroy. I don't, I don't know who that is. We've talked about it a few times. I remember not knowing who that is, and then you told mm-hmm. me who that I is. I told you. He wrote all the Born Identity movies. Oh, yeah, okay. He wrote Armageddon. I'm going to forget tomorrow, but yeah, okay. <laughs> he, this was his first movie he wrote. Very important. <laughs> I mean, good job. You got a movie. Right, he started with Cutting Edge, okay. of all things. He wrote Dolores Claiborne, Extreme Measures, Devil's Advocate, Armageddon, Proof of Life, Born Identity, Born Supremacy, Born Ultimatum, Michael Clayton, which was nominated for a shit ton of awards. Michael Clayton, that's... Um, it's Clooney. Yeah. Uh, he actually, yeah, he directed Michael Clayton. He was nominated for Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, BAFTA. I, I mean, all these awards for Michael Clayton. Duplicity. <laughs> I wait. Duplicity. That's not multiplicity. Yeah, I know. God damn it! I don't know what duplicity is. is that um, Denzel. No, it's Julie Roberts and Clive Owen. Oh, I kind of remember that from two thousand nine. That's weird. Yeah, so, like three years after I, they did I kind Closer. Of that one. Um, he wrote uh, Rogue One with uh, Chris Weitz. Oh, really? He wrote The Great Wall. Okay. Getting <laughs> anyway. worse. Getting worse. <laughs> so Tony Gilroy, he's uh he's had a he's a great career and it all started with the fucking cutting edge. Mm, okay. Well you gotta start somewhere. I you guess. gotta start somewhere. Um Well we should take a break. Yeah, okay, we'll take a break before I get to some fun facts. Okay. Um listen to this word from our sponsor. <laughs> Hey guys, we are once again brought to you by Cookies for Breakfast, a pursuit of pleasure podcast by Spark Tabor. Remember him? 
comedian from Chicago. He's got a Twitch stream. He's, he's got it all. He's got a podcast. What's it about? Everything. You can turn to Spark for the sexiest of sex talk, the sportiest of sports talk, the video gamiest of video game talk. Okay, it doesn't all work. But you can turn in for all of it. Pop culture stuff, music, movies, video games, probably some politics once in a while. Is it all going to be in one episode? No, of course not. Well, what's it going to be about? You got to tune in. Where do you tune in? Well, where are you listening to this? We got the link for his show in our show notes. Go ahead and click on that. You can, you can do it right now and then come back to us. I don't care. It's fine. Cookies for Breakfast, the podcast, Spark Tabor, comedian. It's going to be funny. You're going to laugh. I mean, his latest episode is about holiday songs. He's got guests. He's alone. You got you to gotta check it out. Go. Go find Spark Tabor on wherever you're, you found us. Find him on Twitter. Tweet to him. Talk to him. Make friends. Cookies for Breakfast. A Pursuit of Pleasure podcast by Spark Tabor. You're going to thank me. Okay. We're back. How was your break? I got tea. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about our cast. We said uh, D.B. Sweeney. What do you know about D.B. Sweeney? Fire in the sky. He was in Fire in the Sky the same year as And this. he can't wink. That's all I know. Can't wink. And I found out that he seems like a pretty cool guy. Is he Julia Sweeney's brother? Who's that? Isn't she SNL? So, uh, that's what I, when you said that, I thought of SNL, but I doubt it. <gasps> so I, I guess know. in 2012, he had like this like beef with Robert Pattinson Why? on Twitter. Oh, I didn't, I kind of Like a really weird thing. Like the world found out that Kristen Stewart cheated on Pattinson when they were together. And he made some kind of comment like, um, I totally get why she did. Along those lines. And then everyone got mad at him and then he made fun of Twilight fans. And... Say so he kind of was trying to backtrack, saying he was over caffeinated. <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay, what does caffeinated mean? But it seems really random, and he probably regrets it because you don't make Twilight fans angry. You and... just don't. Don't call them twitards. Oh, is that what he said? Yes, he did. Don't call them twitards. Just go about your day, DB Sweeney. But and I used I. When this movie was out, or when I saw this movie, I hated him. I don't know why. I hated D.B. Sweeney when I was younger. He, um, he's... I don't know what he's doing now. He's worked a bit, but I mean, he's not really had any kind of phenomenal, like... He's definitely a 90s actor. Yeah, he's never really had, like... This was his big hit. A claim that... Yeah. I think he may have thought he was on the trajectory for. You know who he did, what job he did do? Huh. He voiced adult Aang in uh, Avatar. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so right. You're so right. Well, only because I just saw it just now. <laughs> I totally didn't even remember that until you said that. 
Yeah. Which was probably around the time of 2012. In 2012, Sweeney voiced the adult <laughs> avatar A Aww. in The Legend of Korra. Wow. So he worked with Janet Farney. Sort of. Sure. Um, yeah, but you know what? The fact that I didn't like him when I was in my early teens. Mm-hmm. Last night, I'm like, I think he's great in this movie. I found him, you know, it's the two of them. I think they have great chemistry in this movie. I don't say that often. I'm usually like, oh, yeah, they're fine. But for some reason, I thought, I mean, I love Moira Kelly in this movie. She's so good at being such a bee. Yeah. She's so good. I think she's underrated, to be honest. I, I would. Yeah, I would agree. And I love the two of them together. I think the fact that they became really good friends, they're still friends today. They made a pact. Like a marriage pact? Because he's not married. to do a sequel without the other. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I'll just let you know, there are four cutting edge movies. They are only in the first one. Um, they There's were offered... Four cutting edge movies? Yeah. They uh, were offered a script for a sequel. Um, but D.B. Sweeney told her that it was terrible. And the money was insultingly low. Okay. So uh, I, there was a direct-to-DVD sequel and two TV movie sequels. They just used The Cutting Edge mm-hmm. as a title. Yeah. And it nothing to do with anything about this movie. It's just a figure skating movie that happened to get the rights to the title. Yeah. Dumb. Um, so they haven't been involved with any of that, which... It's fine. I haven't seen any of them and I don't want to. As much as I love figure skating, why would I want to see three movies that... Because it, it means the two of them is one that makes it so entertaining. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. they're not in the others, if it's a couple of unknowns that happen to be pretty and maybe can skate, I don't want to watch that. You know what I mean? Mr. On Your I, Phone? I mean, I I don't even know that I would... I don't, I mean, and oh, listen to this. Ha. Huh. So the first sequel, it's about their daughter. So they get married. Okay. It's about their daughter. Sure. But for some reason they moved. They have to move the the year the cutting edge takes place to 1984 to make her age make sense. What? Because if they they, they cast a too old of a kid. Well, because it's probably about their teenage daughter. Because they have to make a love story, so she has to be old enough to have a relationship. And they're like, oh, well, if it's about a teenage daughter, she will take place in the future. I don't know when this one was made. So they actually have to pretend that the cutting edge took place in 1984 in order for her age to make sense. Where were the 84 Winter Olympics? Sarajevo? Oh, was it? Yeah. Katarina Vitt? I don't know. All I know is 84 LA Summer Games. That's all I know. <laughs> U.S. wasn't at the Winter Games in 84. Were they? I don't know. Why? 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 Well, because Russia. Didn't we boycott? Because they boycotted us. We boycotted them. Yeah. I don't know. No, I no, we were because Scott Hamilton won. Okay. So they were competing against Scott Hamilton. <laughs> no, I don't fucking know. Anyway, I think that's bananas. They wanted her to be. Oh, okay, it says. Yeah. They wanted her to be 21. So it takes place in 84. In our minds, we have to pretend that they why were. Why would they make her twenty one? I don't fucking know. That's why we don't watch them. <sighs> so you know, Maura Kelly has not stopped working. 
That's good, because I think she's pretty damn great. I've not seen anything she's been in, though. You saw Lion King. No, I mean... She was the voice of Nala. Well, then I didn't see her, did I? You didn't. No. Thank you. You know what? I don't think I've seen much of her either. Because, I mean, she's done... I think nowadays she's doing mostly television. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes sense. You should do research beforehand, but then you might step all over my. Oh, weird! Because Hmm. she was in a movie with DB Sweeney again. Oh yeah, two tickets to paradise. Oh neat! I've got two tickets to paradise. That's an Eddie Money song. Oh, directed by DB Sweeney. Oh okay. So here's a fun fact. So Mm. Dwyer Brown, who's our Hale Forrest, aka John Kinsella. Oh yeah, who paired as John Kinsella in Field of Dreams. Uh, uh, uh. Plays alongside Ray Liotta's Shoeless Joe Jackson. And then D.B. Sweeney played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Eight Men Out. Weird. They should have gotten along. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, Did nice. you see Eight Men Out? No. Oh, no. John Cusack. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, didn't. I did. I did. Because I don't like that story. <laughs> the Black Sox? Yeah, I don't like it. Does that make you sad? Yeah. Okay. Because I love baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12. I like baseball. I don't like what they mean. I like that. Um, this movie was shot in. So we're the whole time last night we're watching this, or two nights ago, whenever we watched it, two nights ago. We're like, where does this take place? We know he's. We know he's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We know the 88 games were in Calgary. 92 games were in France. Where does Kate live? Where, where does she is train? This big fucking house. She has a huge house in her own skating rink, which, mm. according to professionals, is very unrealistic. And her own Zamboni. And her own Zamboni. And so we figured it's somewhere out like east. Upstate New York. Maybe upstate New York, yeah. They I never mean, say. Land. I mean, they're so specific with all the other locations, but with her, it's like, Meh. There's acreage. I mean, so. And she, they, they go running in the woods. I mean, they're not by the city. No. But he goes, like, for a weekend to Boston. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that means it has to be like within a greyhound ride away. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure he flew. Well, they sent him back to Minnesota on a greyhound. Remember? Oh, that's right. He probably wanted to. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Maybe they just didn't take planes in '92. Maybe we weren't in the world of flight yet. <laughs> but this movie was not shot in the United States, it was shot in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Which is or one home of, my, of home of one of my favorite shows, Good Witch. Oh yeah, that's right. Also filmed in Hamilton, Ontario. Also very nondescript, and because I, I think Good Witch takes place in fucking Wisconsin, but they, they never say because all these places are fictitious. But yay, Canada. Um, what are some things you said you thought you thought this was junk? Any parts you liked? I mean, you didn't like the montages, even though they're thoroughly right. entertaining. Because what are you going to do during a montage? You're going to watch. You don't have to I... listen to dialogue. You just, this cool 90s music playing. And you're like, oh, look at them. Look at him trying to do ballet. He's flexing in the mirror. Look at that. Look, he's got to grab her by the butt to lift her up. I'm... Look, they're playing hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie, 
it it did make me chuckle. There's I am, some kind of funny part, but I am also easily entertained. <laughs> so that's but you're also not a grump a very, too. So that's I'm not a very high bar. But <laughs> I did like you know after his sort of a. I think I think it was after a rigorous ice training montage of him, mm. where he gets up from like the breakfast table and he's got the bags of ice on his on his hips, on his hips, and <laughs> yeah. Stuff. I did enjoy that. Yeah. And of course, the famous montage from this movie is the Topic montage. Topic, 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 Topic. Because he's pretty good. He's a hockey skater. They don't have Topics on their skates. I. I skaters figure skaters do and he's like what's this claw thing up in the front oh the toe pick I've skated with toe picks did you when I was young because when you oh. borrow when you rent skates oh, yeah, they're the all rink, just normal skates they're all toe pick skates yeah whatever. and uh, actually Sean and I both read the same article there's an interview with Christy Yamaguchi and her hockey player husband mm-hmm. his name is not important I don't know Only who she he is, is. And they were talking about the cutting edge, and she's like, "That's a pretty unrealistic movie because you know her husband's like you could, as a hockey player, you could never learn that quickly. Mm-hmm. It takes years and yeah. years and years of training to be ha- become a figure skater. Like it really, I think they would have needed two Olympics of training to make it. And believable. then she by then she'd be too old. She'd be old as she did. But her husband did say it's like the topic scene is very realistic because exact that's exactly what it's like." Like she, like, yeah. I mean, you're just looking at pictures of Moira Kelly. <laughs> God damn it. She looks great. Well, because she's gorgeous. Jesus. And sometimes, I, I mentioned this to you the other night, she reminds me of Winona Ryder. Sometimes she sounds like her, mm-hmm, and sometimes mm-hmm. she looks like her. I mm-hmm. feel like they're probably after the same goddamn roles. Who did I say she looked like a blend of? I don't remember. Winona Ryder and... I forgot who you said. Yeah. Because I, I disagreed with you. No, you didn't. You were like, oh, yeah, you're so right. <laughs> um so yeah the topic scene is fun um i just can't say enough about the montages because there's like this movie's 90 minutes and probably 50 of those minutes are montages yeah (laughs) i mean but it's worth it because what else are you gonna do with a skating movie it's a sports movie and that's there's so many training sure montages in sports movies and of course what else you can't have one and not have those (laughs) (laughs) um and i like i said i enjoy the two of them especially her she's i think i like her more than him me too but i didn't because i like i said when i was 13 i was like god he's so annoying i'm also not a db sweeney fan generally only and i also don't know him yeah it's not like we've seen him in a lot can't judge i thought he was entertaining i thought she was very entertaining i mean i Mario Kelly for I wonder who I would have replaced him with. You know, I mean, it's because no, he looks like a hockey player. He like looks, a, he looks like a kind of like a jock. He's dumpy enough looking to because he doesn't look like a football player. He doesn't look like a baseball, even though he played shoeless Joe. And he, de- I mean, he, he looks like a hockey player. And he's not pretty. <laughs> he's got pretty <laughs> eyes. He's not pretty in this movie. Got blue eyes. I, he's, no, he's not hot. He's a he's better looking now. I've seen okay, even after he made comments about yeah, yeah. I mean, Zen. which makes it harder to swallow because like, look at this handsome fucking guy or whatever <laughs> shit talking. You don't shit talk, Pattinson. I mean, it's like it would be like if 
Timothy Oliphant was talking shit. You're like, <laughs> damn it, you're too handsome. Don't do that. Because it's harder to hate you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the parts I didn't like were... I didn't like the competition parts when they were skating. Because it's so blurry and foggy. Yeah. I'm like, this is obviously not mm. skating. Like, they're not skating. And so, but their training, like, that that looked like they, that was way more believable because it looked like they were skating. All the competitions, it was just weird music and lots of whoosh, whoosh, whoosh mm. and fog. And I was like, Ugh. I did like Terry O'Quinn. He's a, I mean, he plays a good, a good baddie. And he's not a bad baddie. He's a, he's a misguided baddie. Because he thinks he knows what's best for his daughter. Because he wants, he, he wants everything for his little princess. Yes, very and tropey, so, tropey. With that, he's blinded to a lot of other things. Yeah, like... Like to all the shit that she actually does. Yeah, and how hard she works and how <laughs> she's given up everything else in life. Because he, you know, he thinks, well, isn't this what you want? I've given you everything. And like the whole symbolic bit of the empty glass case where the gold medal would go where it, where it should be i fucking hate that okay. i mean i mean it suits them yeah. as characters but i mean that's such a a, a dick bond move. villain kind of <laughs> dick move yeah you know because you know no pressure on her it's at all. such a, it's so it's so perfectly shitty yeah yeah i mean i personally i hate it but i like it for okay for the, character the, building the movie <laughs> device yeah yeah oh they have to have a device and um, so this movie is very, very 90s, and it's in lots of parts. Like it's music? It's music. It's very <laughs> 90s. Um, I remember, so my friend Kate, when this movie came out, she was Katie. <laughs> and then this movie came out, and then she was Kate. I feel like she told people that it, was, it wasn't, had, had nothing to do with this movie, but I think it had everything to do with this movie. Whoa, under the bus, Kate <laughs> goes. Um, cause she doesn't the listen, timing, does she? I don't know. I don't know. You might have to tag her. I'm going to tag her. I'm like, hey, let's see. <laughs> Did you I, change your name because of this movie? Diane talking shit. But I do remember, so they're, the music they skate to at the, U.S. Championships. So their first competition mm-hmm. is a song called The Race by the group Yellow, who is famous for the Oh Yeah song from Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this, when we were watching this on video, she was like, I, she was a gymnast and she was so determined to find this music for her floor routine. There's no words. It's just instrumental. Got a good beat. And of course, back in 92, 93, you couldn't just find music. There was no internet to find that song on. So, never found it. I found it last week. <laughs> I was like, oh, here's that song. Now, I think you would have found it if you waited through the credits and looked. Yeah, but how would you access it? Where, I mean. That's when you find your guru at the record store. Yeah, we we're 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just wasn't a thing that you... Cause was, they, that, was, that would take a lot of work. What was that Rolodex that record stores had? I never went to a record store. Oh, I went I to did. CD and tape stores. Well, I mean, yeah. And See, there was no guy with a Rolodex. There was a. There was always that one... Maybe in California. And they had a gigantic fucking book. 
don't and they know. would find I, you the song and what album might have been on if there was an EP. I mean, there was. Then would you was, have to sing it to them? What if you didn't know? It was the internet in a book. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think every record store had that. Like fucking Montgomery Wards, where I'd buy my cassette tapes. I'm sure there was not. There. I bet you there was at Montgomery Wards. I bet you there was. I don't know. At what was the tape place I went to? Jeep cassette world town <laughs> <laughs> music land there was a music land because mm-hmm. we didn't have you know like was it merry-go-round i think music land became part of sam the sam goody sam goody huh. i don't know random i don't know either but yeah the music is very 90s you know what has held up for me though hmm. moira kelly's Clothes and hairstyle. Well. Except when she looks like a 50-year-old woman. There's times where she looks like she's in Mad Men. <laughs> I mean, but have her hair like in like a... In the perm. In, in a... And in her equestrian... But then sometimes her hair is down and she looks very young, because she is. Uh-huh. And her clothes do not look 90s. Because she's she... always dressed in like a very classy like black dress or... Even her skating dress costume was uh-huh. not dated. Her her skating costumes were pretty cool. Especially that last one in the, the Olympic. One? The black one. Oh, God, it's so nice. When she's wearing her sweaters and pearls with her permed hair. I mean, it kind of depends. She Then she looks like she's 50 years old. Like at the, the New Year's party, it was a very, that like black, that simple. cocktail dress. Yeah. Like V-neck, very simple. You could wear that today and well, people wouldn't a, be like, well, that's not from 92. It's a black cocktail dress. Yeah, I just lo- I loved one. her style in this movie, and I don't say that about early '90s movies. It's hard to sometimes. <laughs> and she's always wearing, wearing like cute leggings and short little sweaters. I'm like, that's what like the kids wear now. I didn't notice any leggings. Well, that's all she wore when during montages. Okay, and all he wears is like hockey jerseys and yeah, and he gives her his Bobby Orr. Bobby Hall. Okay, who's Bobby Orr? He's another b- hockey player, yes. right? For the Red Wings, though. I'm getting my Bobbies and my Bryans and all that shit. <clears throat> yeah, I want to say yes. Her, her, he has a Bobby Hull sweater. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a weird gift to give her. If it meant so much to him and like she's a bitch to him, and he's like, it's my sweater that I love. I wear it every night. <laughs> he didn't say that. And Well, he's... He's had it his whole life. And he's like, here. And she's like, what the hell is well, it? It's, it's, it was. I know it's a symbolic thing. Well, and... no, it was Bobby Hall's actual game worn yeah. sweater. Why would you give that away? Why would he have that for one thing? Well, he's a hockey player, a good hockey player. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how he got it. That's an auction piece. That's a. Why would you give it to her? And she's like, who's this guy? He's like, it's Bobby Hall. And she's like, no, what? You gave me an old shirt. And then he's like, well, I'll take it back. She's like, no. And he's like, you're going to write back because they're pulling it back and forth. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I always thought it was weird. And then she gives him a fucking book. He's like, oh. She gives him a... <laughs> Great a, Expectations. A, a Time Life book special edition of Great Expectations. <sighs> so you think they... Well, I, we know from the sequels... Oh, God. ...that they get married. Sure. But let's pretend there's not sequels. You think they last? No. It's like that same question we... It's like... There's no way in hell. Stories that are based on Taming of the Shrew. There's no way in hell. You know, like 10 things. Mm. We asked the same question after 10 things. Do you think they they laughed? They had a very passionate year and a half. And then they're like, you know. And then they murdered each other. (laughs) 
Like, it's, you know, it's that same thing with this. It's like, I don't know. One of them is dead on the ice. There's just no way. But because of the sequels, I guess one, they had a daughter. One of them took a skate to the throat. Oh, God. Oh, what's that guy's name? The hockey player guy? No, the speed skater. Oh, Apollo Anton Ono? No, J. J. JJ. J. J. Bruchel. <laughs> you know, the cute one. I thought he was so cute. Yeah. His leg gashed. His thigh. Yeah. yeah. Like that close to that big vein would have killed him. Well, and there's that one hockey player who took a skate to the throat. God. And did he die? He's he was trying to crawl off the ice because he didn't want to see he, he didn't want his mom to watch him die on the oh, ice. Well, I'm never gonna watch yeah. that. Is there footage? Like that, oh yeah. Oh fuck that. No way. Yeah, yeah. Don't go skating, guys. It's dangerous. Don't ever skate. Like his mission was to not let his mom see him die. That's gross. Yeah. Thank you for that wonderful story. I'm sure I'll sleep very peacefully tonight. And I think like one of the team doctors good came in and stopped the bleeding with ice from the ice from the <laughs> I mean, like, oh yeah ice yeah. from the ice he picked up the floor managed to like stop the bleeding just just in time jesus christ yeah. huh anyway so uh, rotten tomatoes what do you think what do you think the world thought of the cutting edge in 1992 no fucking way higher than Higher than Practical, Practical Magic. Magic. And and Three Musketeers. And higher than Three Musketeers. What did uh, Three Musketeers get? It was like 28 or something. Oh, yeah. Higher um, than that. 51. <gasps> Ooh, 57. Okay. So more I, than half. I'm I'm marginally fine with that. Um, Roger, though. I... You know, he actually, he says, I have a certain affection for movies like this. Why? They get the job done. What cutting, job? No. I actually looked. This, this was on RogerEbert.com. This is mm. his long ass review for this. You know, okay. I didn't. I just took one sentence. Please. The cutting edge isn't really interested in discovering anything original about figure skating or the Olympics. True. It's I all agree. sports and romantic cliches, and yet the skating scenes are good to look at, and the actors have chemistry. Two and a half stars. They did have chemistry. Yes, and I have that. raved about that. I. I'm glad they made a pact not to be involved with anything else unless the other one was. And he was dopey enough looking for the part. And she was very prim and proper and, and pretty and like it, her it, face it, has it's a resting she has a good resting bitch face. It is a it is a beauty and the beast story. I mean of sorts. It's taming of the shrew. I know. Which is also beauty and the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Ledger was not a beast. In 10 Things I Hate Tell You. <laughs> oh, he sir, certainly was. Sir. He sir. He certainly was. Certainly was. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Oh, um, I couldn't find any. I don't know how much this movie cost. I looked so hard for a budget. Couldn't find one. They haven't said, but it made worldwide about $25 million. There's no way it made fucking money. $25 million. I'm sure it cost, I'm going to say twelve. I don't think it. I think it cost under twenty million to make. Not a whole lot to this movie. I don't know. <coughs> I really want to know. I. I need to know what this budget was. Let's just say it was twelve. Let's say it was twenty six million dollars. And they double. Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, obviously, they made money if they're already looking at shopping sequels. I mean, it's funny that when I googled this movie, there are so many. 
pieces written about it. Yeah, I saw a lot too. And I'm like, I even saved a, no an article from Entertainment Weekly. Cutting, I saw the same one. Cutting Edge star D.B. Sweeney on making a toe-picking classic. Yeah. This movie, so many people have seen this movie. But yet, I had my Instagram stories. I did a poll. I said, our movie next week is Cutting Edge. I had a cute picture. Mm-hmm. I had the music from, you know, mm-hmm. Yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? And it's yes or no. And like, more people than not, but I think only four people voted. How, how old were the peoples? Around my age. Oh, well, then there's no excuse. Then, yeah, then. I mean, the ones that had seen it were about my age. So anybody too young, there's no way they're watching this movie. I don't think I have anyone younger that follow that on Instagram. I mean, there's no way that... Uh, no, there's no way. There's no reason to. Why? There's no reason. Because it's not streaming, but I, it has been streaming. It has been on Netflix before. Why wouldn't you watch it? And then Netflix was like, oh, this movie isn't making us any money. We got to get rid of it. <laughs> But it didn't cost any money to make, so you're always making money, no matter what. Like, oh, it's, it was free. It's taking, up, it's taking up valuable real estate on our bandwidth. I would rather have this be streaming than its sequels. Well, get those I, fucking sequels because I think the sequels are streaming. Get that shit out of there. No one wants to see that crap. Well, sorry yeah. for anyone who worked on those movies. Uh, I'm sure they're great. Maybe I should watch them. Uh, no, well, we, alone, please. <laughs> Oh, you know what I didn't watch this Christmas? I still have time. What? Babes in Toyland starring Drew Barrymore and Kevin Reeves. No. I watched it last Christmas Day. Mm. That was already a year ago when I watched Babes in Toyland and Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which was an odd movie. Okay. Along with Keira Knightley, which plays that evil, like, pixie, pink, poofy thing. Yeah. And it started on uh, Renesmee. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched it last Christmas Day. I really liked the first half of it, and the second half started to kind of crumble. That's my review um, for a Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Okay. It looks great, though. It's a very, very gorgeous movie. Cool. Anyway, um, are we done with The Cutting Edge? Yeah, Do you recommend done. it to no, anyone? No. Why not? I don't like it's it. It's 90 not, minutes. It's not good. No, I'm sorry. It's a hundred minutes. It's not good. It was a long hundred minutes. It was minutes. not a long. You know, it was a long hundred minutes. <laughs> Whatever we watched, the Jarhead. That was 120 minutes. That was very long. Yeah. Would you watch would you watch Cutting Edge over Jarhead yes. on any given day? Yeah. Because good back because I'll montage music. And it's not depressing. And it's not depressing. Like I don't feel suicidal after <laughs> oh, watching it. Jesus Christ. I would watch Reign of Fire over Jarhead. Well, duh. Because that's good. <laughs> dragons and good. shit. It is good. It is really good. They need some dragons. <laughs> they need dragons on ice. Should we? So I didn't get any new DVDs for Christmas, so I have nothing to add to my list. We did get a new 4K DVD. Yeah, nothing to play in it. Excuse to play, buy some. From $40 movies. You got to pick and choose. You got to pick good ones. No, I'm not buying Star Wars in 4K. It's in 4K on Disney Plus. No, but we will be buying Lord of the Rings 4K. That's really expensive. Have It'll fun. be worth it. Have fun. It's going to be worth okay. it. Okay, should we pay for next week if we're done talking about figure Refer skating? Refer madness. All right, hey, Google. Pick a number between 1 and 196. 
Here's a random number, 187. Ooh, she's in the bottom. That's not Madness. That's like X-Men level. What'd she say? 187? 187, right? I, you already forgot. It was 187. I wasn't listening. Oh, God. Speaking of suicidal, I do not want to watch this movie. The Virgin Suicides? We don't know that, okay. <laughs> but God. it's one of your favorite movies. The Usual Suspects. Yep. I've seen it. Don't tell me you love it. I don't want to watch a Kevin Spacey movie or a Stephen Baldwin movie. And it's also a Brian Singer movie. And a Brian. There's multiple. There's multiple problems. Trigger warnings with this movie. But I do like Gabriel Byrne. And Bernicio del Toro. Bernicio del Toro. (laughs) Kevin Pollack. I was going to say Spacey. I'm like, I think I just said that. Pete Postlethwaite. It would be funny if she didn't say 187. She did. She didn't say 186 because I, I said 196. Yeah. It wouldn't be Pete Postle, wait. The year before he died? Two years before he died? I don't know. But Roman Juliet was 96. Um, okay. Usual Suspects from 1995. Um, I think Giancarlo Esposito is in this. Oh, our Grand Moff Tarkin? I believe. I always say that. It's not Tarkin. Gideon? Because there's one black guy been like in this whole movie. It's a very white guy movie, by the way. You think? <sighs> Usual suspects. I'll get it over with. I'll play my phone games while it's on. <laughs> Are you looking to see if who's in it? Um... Okay, so next week. Yep, Giancarlo Esposito. Wow. Is the token black guy. Okay, perfect. Oh, Clark Gregg is in it. Perfect. I don't remember seeing him, but. You haven't seen it in a while, though, huh? It's been a few years. Been a while. Dan Hedaya's in it. Dan Hedaya. So our first movie starting off 2021 will be The Usual Suspects. I don't know if it's streaming. Chaz Palminteri. Chaz, if it's streaming, go watch it, I guess. I mean, there's good things about it. There's Susie bad things. Amos is in it. There's bad things about it. And not movie. It's just the, the production and the people involved aren't super great anymore. There's a couple people that have issues. <laughs> what? There's a couple people that have issues. Yeah, which, whatever. We won't go into, we'll mention it. I don't want to, I just want to talk about the movie. I don't want to talk about the people. Is it Brian Singer's first movie, though? Uh, maybe. I Possibly. All right. All right. So um, remember to rate and review and subscribe and tell a friend and listen. <laughs> Thanks to Spark Tamer for once again sponsoring this episode. Yep. Uh, and... Find us on Twitter. I have not been tweeting. I, don't I know you haven't. Shit. That's good. Oh, wait, no, I have. No, I've been tweeting it. I don't know. I haven't looked. Yeah, it's been uh, difficult trying to get like all the extra credit things in there, too. Extra credit? Like, I mean, like sponsors and shit? Our art, our, our theme song credit, our art credit, our sponsor issues, okay. all that. All right. Twitter's not a good platform for that kind of thing. Twitter's just, there's no good platforms. So. 
except for word of mouth. So, um, yeah. Happy Christmas to everyone and um, happy new year, even though I think we're, our next time we're recording will be the first day of the year. Woot. Oh, is it? Um, oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good riddance 2020. I hope everyone had a good year despite <laughs> the shit year it was. Is it despite or in spite of? I don't know. <laughs> um, here's to 2021 bringing new joy and vaccines. All right. Till next week. Oh, some nog. Take your horse glass today. Okay, bye. And there's a place inside my heart nobody's touched before. And when I found you, I found all that I've been searching for. You turn around. Are you not entertained?